0: Well, good morning. How many of you are happy to be in God's house today? Better than your own house, isn't it? Hey? Praise God. So wonderful to be here with you. My name is Dimitri, and I'm part of the eldership team here with a lovely group of people, and um, my beautiful wife, Karen, the beautiful blonde next to the other beautiful blonde, my daughter, Daniela. And I think my other daughter, Shiloh, is behind the desk there, so um, I I so appreciate being with my family, and you are my family also. Um, So we get to do life together, amen? So guys, I want you to open your Bibles, and uh, I noticed a lot of Bibles here as I was walking around the church this morning, and... um, so good, by the way, I met a brother, Royden, it's his first Sunday here at uh, Josh Jens, so great to have you with us. And then also, special, special friends, um, Marco, Brenda, Marissa, oh my word, okay, some of the leaders here from City Bowl Church, and Caleb, where's Caleb? He Went around the back there, okay, our youngest Bible school student ever, uh Corinne and I were running the New Life Bible School in, in Cape Town. And um, Brenda, such a good mom, said, my kids are going on that. So we had 16-year-olds. And it was kind of 16 at the time. And he graduated. Our, our youngest graduate that we had, 16. And after that, we had all the teenagers coming in and doing Bible school. That was so cool. Um, but guys, I want you to... Turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4 in God's Word. And I'm just hoping I'm not going to cough. I've, I've had this cold going on for about 17 weeks. <laughs> and how many of you had that cold? It just lingers, just keeps coming back. It's terrible. Um, so. But I want to start this morning with a question. And the question is, what is God's favorite number? Okay. Some difference of opinion here. I'm hearing sevens. Someone said 13. Are you, are you being serious? <laughs> okay. Let me give you some clues here. Deuteronomy 6 verse 4. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. John 3:16: "For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life." John 10 verse 30, Jesus saying, "I and the Father are one. Shout it out if you know the answer. One. First Timothy 2 verse 5, for there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. What is God's favorite number? One. And uh, you know, one is the number, it's the number of unity, it's the number of togetherness, it's the number of wholeness. We talk of oneness of a church in Christ. And so, um, this is really what I want to talk to you about. 25 years ago, when Karen and I got married, we were having the wedding ceremony in the church, and after we had exchanged our vows, and you know the scripture, the two shall become one flesh, well, we demonstrated that. We had a candle holder with three candles on, and... Two candles were lit on either side, lower, and then there was a higher candle in the middle, unlit. And so we took the two candles out of the side. Together we lit the candle in the middle, and then very importantly, we snuffed out the two candles on the side. How many of you have ever seen that before? Okay. The two shall become one. And uh, I like that uh, Jesus, because the verse that was read to us at that moment Corin's dad actually married us. Um, he, he was our pastor at the time. Mark 10, verse 7 and 8. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one. Now, the word joined there, if you look in the original language, joined, it's, it speaks of a bonding that happens. It's... Literally, the word glued, the two shall become glued together as one. Reminds me of that Lionel Richie song in the 1980s, I'm stuck on you. <laughs> I'll ask you, Rick, where's yours? Yorick sings that to his wife and and they in the showers, so, (laughs) baby, I'm stuck on you. That's the one. But it's, it's the oneness, the joining together, and guys, what happens in that joining together, there's something, there's a supernatural element to a believing man and a believing woman getting married, joined together, bonded together, glued together. And I want to tell you this morning that something very similar, that joining, that bonding happens when you come into the body of Christ. As a believer, you get joined together to other believers. How many of you experienced your heart being bonded with other believers? You know what I'm talking about. And so we want to look a little bit deeper into that. The text that we have here is written by the Apostle Paul under the spirits, and he speaks, and uh, if you notice, if you're looking there, and I think some of you, how many of you got the Bible on your phone, okay, and, and so take a look at these verses, Paul says, he's writing from prison, he says, therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit. Look out for the ones here. Just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and in all and living through all. So, just three things I want to look at today as we go deep into this text, and I really pray and ask the Lord that He'd break the Scripture open for you, that this would always mean something special to you as you understand what it is the dynamic that we have together as the body of Christ. Um, it's a beautiful thing. And so three things. Number one, where does our unity come from? I'd like to look at that. Where does unity come from? Secondly, why is unity something that we actually have to work hard at? You know, they say with marriage, it's, it's easy to fall in love, but to stay in love, that's the challenge. And so why is it hard Why do we need to work hard at this unity? And thirdly, I want to share with you how we can grow in unity together because God is designed for unity to be something just like our knowledge, understanding, love, that it's a dynamic in the church that needs to be watered, nurtured so that it can grow. And so the unity that we had last year in Christ This year, it should be something that is bigger, greater, deeper, and higher. Amen? And so, how many of you would like to see yourself growing in this unity in Christ, the unity of the Spirit? Well, the rest of you, I'm going to preach to you also. (laughs) So, um, you know, it's, it's tiring putting your hand up, isn't it? Okay. How many of you would like to grow in your unity this year? Amen. That's better, better. Praise the Lord. I'm in a good place. So where does our unity come from? You know, when you look at that first church there in Jerusalem after the day of Pentecost, 120 initially, and then it grew to 3,000 in one day. And these guys were meeting together day in, day out. The church for them wasn't a Sunday thing. It was a seven days a week thing. And the church was so tight and they were so together. And if we could kind of get in a time capsule and go back in time, which I'd love to do, and, and go back to their church and be in one of their meetings. And if you had to walk up to one of the members and say, tell me, what is it that keeps you guys so tight? How come are you guys so together? You go to church seven days a week. What is your secret? And do you honestly think he would look at you and you'd say, Why? It's the coffee. <laughs> it's the building. It's, you know, the cool pastor. Yeah, they wouldn't say any of those things, would they? Well, you know, they've got amazing programs, recovery and, you know, care and all that. Or, you know, the Sunday school ministry, insurance church, it's epic. They wouldn't. Uh, do, do you think they would give you those kind of answers? No, they would say it's something deep within us. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. It's the unity of the Spirit. And you see, there's something deeper than all those things. Those things can make life more comfortable and better. And yeah, we love the coffee. Please don't stop that, Yaku. Okay, Gebran, keep that going. But there, there is... A far deeper thing, this unity of the Spirit. And um, it's, if you look at verse 4, where he speaks and he says, there's one body, one spirit, you've been called to one glorious hope for the future, there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Okay, there are seven ones there. And I want us to just look into that a little bit, if you're taking notes. um, We read through the scripture, by the way, our eldership team on, on Friday morning, we meet together. We've got a 6.30 meeting and um, read through this and shared. And I can say it's really big on the hearts of your leaders and Ryan and Helen and the team, this unity thing. So important. In fact, Rian spoke to us when we had the elders and deacons together. Unity. It's a great, great, great priority for the church. And so I want you to think of this I want to illustrate it for you just a little bit to help you to understand. Do any of you guys know what this is over here? Okay, for conducting we're talking about the no. Okay? Maybe it will make a little bit more sense. Okay. I took my mountain bike wheel off to help you understand. You see what this is over here? Okay, this is a spoke and this is so important because you can't have the tire without the rim. This is the rim. And you can't have a wheel without a hub, the center part. And you see, these spokes, if you want to count them up, there's 32 altogether. together. Um, these spokes like this, and look at it, it doesn't look like the strongest thing in the world, does it? But you know, when they all work together, they are tight. And this wheel has taken a lot of knocks and rocks and drops, and look at it, perfect, okay? The strength of this wheel is in the spokes. Isn't that amazing? This whole thing, you put them together, and boy, this thing is strong. And this is like the church, and I want you to think today of yourself as like the tire, the outside, all of us. The center, Adam, that was a good song. I don't know who chose it. Jesus, be the center of it all. You chose it. You discussed it. Awesome. Okay, you don't want to take glory, hey? Eh? Okay, humble guy, humble pie. So, um, but when you look at this, and, and you, you got the hub, the axle, you got Christ at the center, the Lord. And if you think of this, when we look at these seven ones... What all of them are is they really point to Christ, to God. And for us as the church, if you think of us here on earth, what connects you and I with heaven, with God? And this is something so incredible, so awesome. You're going to go, wow, when you think about the fact that you and I in Christ as His church are connected to God. Um, There are other ways it's described in Scripture, the body, the head, and all of those things, but I've just thought, give you something different, a bicycle wheel. I like that, the spokes, okay? And let's look at these seven spokes, and the first is, if you look there in uh, verses 4, 5, and 6, can you see that you've got the trinity there, the triunity of God? You've got the Father, can you see it? You've got the Father... You've got the Spirit, you've got Jesus, there's one Lord that's referring to Jesus. And so let's talk of that. There's one God, okay? So this is what you share in common, your belief that there is one God. There are not many gods. Now, you know, in the ancient Greek religion, they had this thing called polytheistic belief. In other words, they believed in many gods, And so they had 12 gods that they would worship, okay? I don't know if it was one for every month of the year, how they did it. But, guys, do you realize that one of Satan's biggest tools of division on earth, wait for it, it's religion. Do you know that? Because all these religions, whether it's Buddhism or Hinduism or Christian science or Jehovah's Witnesses, whatever, it's dividing man's unity with God. And so there the Greeks came along and they had their 12 gods dividing people's loyalty to the one true God. And then, of course, the Romans came and Romans liked to borrow things. And so they borrowed the Greek religions, but then they multiplied them. So they had a couple more gods, hundred gods. Well, the ancient Egyptians topped their 2,000 gods. You know, Ra, the sun, and there was all their different gods that they had. They just kept multiplying. Hindus, if you want to do a little Google search, Hindus have 330 million gods. Is it possible to even know their names? And so the first... And and this is really what makes us so tight, is that we have one God we worship, and His name is Yahweh, Jehovah, our God. And so, that is the first and the most important element of our faith, is one God and Father. And when we pray to Him, we say, our Father in heaven. Not our fathers, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. He's the one God. And then there's one Lord. And again, God only has one son, and his name is Jesus. There's one person, there's one God, and there's one mediator between God and man. There's one path, there's one way. Jesus said, I'm the way. You didn't say, I'm one of the ways. You said, I am the way, the only way. Now, that makes sharing the gospel so basic, doesn't it? When I share the gospel with someone and I just say, hey, there's one God and there's one way to get to God. And he's called Jesus, God's son. Makes it so easy. There's one shepherd. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. There's only one. He said, I'm the Gate." There's only one. I'm the light of the world. He is the light. There's one sun in our universe and all the planets revolve around it. And so we revolve around. Remember the axle around Jesus. And then there's one Spirit talking of the Holy Spirit. Now, we read first of the Spirit in the book of Genesis, right in the beginning, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And it was that same Spirit that came upon David when Samuel came to anoint him with oil. It was the same Spirit that rested upon Isaiah when Isaiah began to prophesy. It was the same Spirit that when Jesus was getting baptized in the Jordan River and he came up and the spirit came down like a dove upon him, it was the one, it was the same spirit. And guys, here's the radical thing, is that today I'm carrying that same spirit. And today you have that spirit. And what a powerful bond that is when you think that there's only one spirit, the spirit of God, the spirit of Christ, the spirit that was in David, the spirit that was in Samuel, the spirit that was in Jesus, the spirit that was in the Apostle Paul, and he is in you. What awesome thoughts. As Adam was ministering to us this morning, as the team was seeing, it was the same spirit, and I look at that young man and I said, He's got the spirit of David in him. What an awesome thing it is. One spirit, one God, one Lord, one baptism. Okay? Peter, on the day of Pentecost, when he's preaching to the people, they are so convicted by the fact that Jesus was the one who was crucified, God's Son, sent into the world to be our Savior. And they're so convicted, it says they were cut to the heart by the gospel as Peter was filled with the Spirit. And as he is preaching and ministering the Word of God, they cried, What shall we do? And. Peter answers and he says to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so, what a, a, a truth that there's this baptism. You know, I really believe, this is just one of my personal things, that there should be a permanent baptism pool somewhere. And when we say to people, Hey, how many of you would like to accept and receive Jesus Christ into your hearts? You're not saved, and you want to accept Jesus in your heart. Don't raise your hand. Get baptized after the service. Because, you know, when I read the book of Acts, I never once see them. Okay, put your hand up. I know it's a Western thing. We kind of tend to put our hands up for everything. But just that was the Scripture way. The very same day they got saved, they went off to the river, and they got baptized. Baptism. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. Guys, I had a tough one getting baptized because um, I was I was twelve years old, twelve year old boy, and I was like really charging for the Lord at that at that stage. And I realized like I hadn't been baptized, and so the church that I was part of, very traditional, pastor said no, he didn't want to baptize me. I'm too young need to be older and um, so eventually um, he relented and he said okay you can get baptized but when I'm on leave let one of the other deacons do it and um, so well he went on leave at the end of the year and I got baptized one of the deacons baptized me but God I, I, I tell you I had such an encounter with the Holy Spirit, as I came up out of the water, 12 years old, it was suddenly I felt like heaven was opened. Something happened. It's powerful. It was more powerful than the day I raised my hand to receive Jesus. There's something about it. It doesn't mean you get converted at that time, but remember when Jesus got baptized, what happened? Heavens were opened and the Holy Spirit came down upon him like a dove. Something beautiful in that. I've got to move on here. There's one body, the church. Um, the church, and when you guys realize that the church is the body of Christ, we are physical. Jesus is in heaven. His spirit is in us. We are his body. And there is a like quite amazing thought to this because, you know, if you look at how many of you have seen a skeleton, Okay. You know, the way that every bone is made to fit into the other bone, you know, from the collarbone, the shoulder blade and everything down to your hips and your knees and everything's just made to be connected. You and I were made for each other. The Lord fitter. The Bible speaks of us being fitted together. And the beautiful thing is that everyone coming in that the Lord brings into this family called the church he fits. He places us in. Now, maybe you here today and you say, I don't feel fitting in. I don't, I, don't, I don't fit in here. Well, ask God to do something. Ask the Lord to take you and to fit you in with other believers. It was so nice. I was chatting with um, Rudolph the other day. I just met him, and, and he was saying, how he's just fitted in with Paul and Natalie's calm group and just loving the church. They moved down from Pretoria, got connected in beautiful. That's God, isn't it? And, and chatting to Royden, and Royden didn't even mean to be here today. He was going looking for another church. He's here. You know, God's amazing like that, isn't it? God has, he has your number. And, um, you know, Adam, remember when God created Eve? And this must have been a mind trip because, like, you know, he puts Adam to sleep, takes the rib out. He creates Eve, and then he he brings Adam. Now, Adam's coming out of his sleep, and he opens his eyes, and the first thing he sees is a, a female. <laughs> and he looks at Eve, and he says, Now, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. You know, you can feel there's something missing here, and there she is. How awesome. <laughs> and, and that... Just think about it. Like, look at the person next to you and say, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Okay? <laughs> because we are so dialed. We're connected in. Now, you know, you cannot experience that at the gym. You can't experience that in the shopping mall. You know, you walk up to someone and say, bone of my bone, flesh of my... <laughs> it wouldn't work at all. But you see, we are the body of Christ. And we were made for each other. Beautiful thing. And then there's one faith. Now that one faith that it speaks of. Now remember the spokes. Remember the spokes. These are things that tie us together. The faith there, it's talking of the Word of God, that we have one faith, this belief, our belief system. It's the Word of God. In fact, if You want to grow closer to your husbands. You want to grow closer to your wives. Read the Word of God together. Families, you want tightness and unity in your family. Read the Word of God together. Um, Our kids at the moment, you know, we have to usually leave for school at 7.15 in the morning. So, by 10 to 7, 5 to 7, 5 past 7, we'll gather together, put a worship song on, And then my kids will say, Dad, stop it now. You know, we'll have to stop the worship song. You know, nowadays they're not three minutes anymore. They're seven, 12 minutes and stop it. And then we're just digging. We're reading the book of Romans together at the moment, getting the word. And it draws us together as a family. The word of God draws churches together. And it's powerful and it's the truth of the Lord, his word. And then there's one hope, one glorious hope of the future, and that's another spoke that draws us together, guys, you've all experienced, most of you experienced climbing into an airplane, and you fly somewhere, you got a destination, now everyone in the other airplane, the pilots, the flight attendants, the business class, and then you in the economy seats, we're all going to the same place, right, okay, I have to keep reminding myself, you know, when I get on a plane and I go past the business class and just, hey, we're all going to get the same destination, same time, you know, we're all going to be there. And, um, but just think of it, like you and I, it's like we're in this flight and we're all on that same destination to heaven. Isn't that an amazing thing? And that bonds us, you know, when we talk about the return of Jesus, Jesus saying, I go to my Father, I'm preparing a place for you that where I am, you can be also. And the fact is, Jesus is coming back. The fact is, there is, the Bible speaks of a new heaven and a new earth where there's no sin. Where righteousness dwells. And this new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. God dwelling with man. And we will see his face. How awesome is that? The fact that we're all on this flight together. We're all going there. What an amazing thing. Okay, if you're here today and you're not on that seat, you, you don't have your seat to heaven, just pray and invite Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life. You'll get on that seat. We're all on the same destination. Now, very quickly, those spokes are what hold, just think of what holds us well together, what tightens us together. And, you know, you can't just have one, Because can you imagine this wheel with just one spoke in it? We can't just say, Well, we got God in common. No, there's the Father, there's the Son, there's the Holy Spirit, there's the baptism, there's the body. All those things as we emphasize draw us closer to each other. Now let me tell it off. Just two things I want to share with you before we close. And the question is why do we need to work so hard for unity? You know, unity in a church, and, and I'm sure Rian will tell you, it doesn't just happen. You've got to work at it. A good marriage doesn't just happen. You've got to work at it. And the reason is because inside of us, every one of us, we have this part of us called the flesh. Ever heard of that? Apostle Paul in Romans 7 saying, I know in myself, in my flesh, dwells no good thing. That was the Apostle Paul speaking. And so all of us, we've got sinful tendencies. By nature, we are selfish, self-consumed. We like doing our own thing. And to grow in this unity thing, it's it's a little bit challenging. And how many of you know that the most difficult word to pronounce in the English language is the word sorry. And even harder, I am sorry. Or how about this one? I was wrong. (sighs) Just doesn't want to come out of my mouth. You know, I'm trying to say blah blah, but... You know, it's much easier to say you were wrong than I was wrong, right? You see, this is the flesh, and the flesh is what makes a marriage bad. And the flesh is what makes parenting bad. And the flesh is what can cause church divisions and disunity. And how many of you know that it is far easier to start a fight, husbands, than to end a fight? I love that proverb that says, you know, any fool can start a quarrel. It's true, isn't it? It's not hard to start an argument. And how many of you know it's easier to list someone's faults than to admit your own faults? It's easier, right? And so all these things, and, you know, Jesus spoke of, you know, why are you looking at that speck in your brother's eye when you got this big log in your own eye? How many of you know it's easier to see a speck in someone else's eye than a log in your own? It's so easy. And you see, unity is hard work because, like, just hold your arm up quickly, okay? To do that, what's easier? To do that or to do that? This is natural. So the selfish me is much more natural than the selfless me. How many of you know it's far easier to shout for your rights than to lay down your life? You know, look at the size of those crowds when they go marching up Baton Street, marching to Parliament. We want our rights. We want our rights. That's easy. But it's very hard to lay them down, isn't it? And so um, we've got to realize Ephesians 4 and verse 3 says, make every effort, effort, that's the work, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Make every effort. You know, I'll I'll admit to you, and I'll tell you, corona, and I I think all the leaders could tell you, is that um, we also fight. You know, there was a time when I would Think of our fights as, you know, I, I could grade them like World War II different battles. You know? <laughs> I'm just being serious with you guys. And, and you know, we had, I, I, I think this is going back a while, but we had a Pearl Harbor. And, I mean, it was bad. I I was like 30-something years old. We'd been married about three years, four years. And Corinne and I just got into it. Remember the flat in Frederick? And, man... We were just getting it and, and there was like no resolve and we were just going back and forwards and it's just getting more and more aggro and, and eventually, you know what my wife does? She's so naughty. She, she says, okay, you know, I'll just take her with you. I'm phoning your mother. <laughs> and I'm like, "You what? And then she goes off and she phones my mother. Like I'm thirty-something years old, and she's fine. Just talk to your son. Just get some, you know, get something into his head. It was like Pearl Harbor. I, I won't tell you about the Battle of Normandy or any others, but I mean, it was intense. And you know, guys, I, I just want to put this to you: is God has taken us through these battles because there's peace on the other side. And sometimes those battles can get so fierce and so wild. That the only thing we can do is get down on our knees and just pray, Jesus, just come right now. Bring peace. You are the Prince of Peace. We're not seeing eye to eye. There's no resolve here. We can't figure this out. Jesus, do something, and inevitably, the peace of God will come over. And you know, I want to speak to this because there's, there's a lot of, there's a messed up culture outside that is messing us up and saying, you know what, it's not worth fighting anymore. Just give up. Just, you know what? I'm much better off on my own. That's a lie of the devil. You're not better off on your own. You were made for each other. And so, oh, you know what? It's not worth this. Uh, You know, this problem having a church, you know, let me just go find a new church. You carry the troubles there too. And so, guys, realize that. Make every effort. Do you know what it says there? Binding yourselves together. Do you know the word there literally means to chain yourself, to shackle yourself like a prisoner? And so, listen, put your, lock yourself into these relationships. Hold yourself to it. And so it's so important. Just always remember that person you married, she married an imperfect person, you married an imperfect, you two imperfect people. Don't look for perfection in each other. Look for perfection in Jesus. He's the perfecter. So remember that. Last point, and I'll close with this. How can we grow in our unity? And um, I'm sure the elders can share with you, and I really wanted them to impart because they've got so much of a heart for this. It's so strong. I saw it right at the beginning when we joined this church. How can we grow in unity? Ephesians 4 verse 1 and 2. Therefore I... A prisoner for serving the Lord beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you've been called by God, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Um, Wives, are your husbands generally humble? Hey? Okay. Husband, so your wife's generally patient. Okay. Remember, you're not creating the other one. This is, this is for you. But, um, you know, something so important, and it's, this is something God said, I think we just got to grasp about laying down your, your rights, is that Jesus allowed himself to be Crucified. He allowed himself to be hurt. He allowed himself to be wounded. And he said, if someone strikes you on the cheek, turn the other cheek. And I think sometimes with us, the big mistake we make is we don't allow ourselves to be wounded. The Bible says faithful are the wounds of a wife, a friend, someone dear to you. And so remember that. Be humble. Don't say, I deserve better than this. No, you don't. You deserve hell. seriously. <laughs> Be gentle. Be gentle with each other. OK? And that's not shouting, not criticizing. I made the decision with if you know, when Cor and I get into one of our world war battles, I'm not going to raise my voice. you know, And the neighbors you know, you know no, it's God. You know, just have self-control. Be patient. Patient with each other. Realize change doesn't happen overnight. Some of you here today, it took you 20 years to become a Christian. Change. The Lord is patient with you. Right? Um, Make allowance for each other's faults. Don't keep records. Forgive and forget. Like Jesus. Father, forgive them. When did he pray that? After 40 days he prayed it on the cross while he was being crucified. Forgive them. And um, realize all the time I'm the one that needs to change. Guys, I'll close with this and and this is just maybe a bit of share time but this unity thing, I struggle with it. I find it hard. You guys know we joined into Josh Jen Edgemead. We came from City Bowl into Josh Jen and to find unity here. You know there's that initial like whoo, this is awesome and then a couple of weeks later I'm like man, did we make a mistake here? And I, I still like call Andrew like hey are you sure about this? You know these elders they, there's a big eldership team in this church. These guys have got it together. They don't need me. What am I doing here? And you know, Rian counselled me and said, hey, "Just just get to know people and 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 make friends and so like we oh, get all these coffee appointments and you know a month later I've had so much coffee it's like I've got coffee oozing out of my veins, you know, my pores and I'm just like I can't do another coffee meeting and Rian's like more coffee meeting and you know, but but all of this you know I realised like and and this. As the scripture says, like this togetherness doesn't always happen easy, but it's happening. And I've noticed over the months, we've been here about six, seven months, hey, I'm feeling more tight to these guys. It's the Lord. And many times I can see faults and, um, you know, and and we can look at each other and, uh, uh, and at the end, I realize, no, no, the faults are with me. The fault lines are with me. And as I commit myself to being humble, patient, gentle, I see those bonds begin to strengthen. So many of these guys I love. I love our leaders. I, I, I love the people that I'm getting to get to know. It's awesome. Yes, my heart does miss the City Bull team. But you know what? As the Lord brings us in, it's the unity of the Spirit of God in the bond of peace. Let me pray for you, Father. I just pray that this word would just be like a refreshing water over this church. And I thank you, Lord, for what's already been done so much in this church. And Jesus, as you prayed for the uh, as you were praying that night before you were crucified, may they be one just as we are one. I pray that exact prayer for us, Lord. Join us, bond our hearts together build into our lives. And Lord, I pray blessings over this congregation. Pray blessings over it, Lord. Continue to draw our hearts nearer and nearer to each other and ultimately to you, Lord. We pray in your name, Father. Amen. Amen.